um, all right. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. I'm gonna make you laugh. That's okay. The best cold open is when I make you laugh. Um, okay, make me laugh then. Oh, fuck, I, you can't, you can't come up to somebody and go make me laugh for the cold open, Sid. Mate, tell a joke. You're a clown. It'll be funny. Fuck you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the LGBT podcast, where we talk about gays, gores, and fucking girls, and what I don't fucking know what we talk about on this podcast. And we're talking about clowns today. Today we're talking about Terrifier Two, specifically the little screener that our our beautiful friend from the PR team, Danella, sent to us. We got access to a little bit early. Um, we are not going to be divulging in many spoilers in this review slash analysis piece. We will, however, be discussing some basic plot elements and mostly some narrative and character uh, aspects that I feel people, members of our audience, uh, might be particularly interested in, but I think they apply to everybody. And, well, I just hope we all, we all enjoy ourselves, and I want to uh, congratulate the team on doing such a great job. Yes, oh my god, they really outdid themselves. I have been following production of this movie since late 2020, and oh my god, these people have been busting their asses trying to get it done. For years. Yes. Adding to it uh, when when we thought that perhaps it was already done in 2020. But no, no, you know, they're never satisfied. If you are looking for a spiritual successor to Terrifier 1, um, the original Terrifier, or the original Ninth Circle, or All Hallows' Eve, you are not going to find it here. This is not that movie. This is not a grimy, shock-value, psychosexually implicative grindhouse nightmare. It is all of those things, but with a heart. And it's a million things aside from that, uh, most all of them quite good. It's sexy, it's sympathetic, and it's narratively dense. Terrifier 2 is, I think, less of a franchise installment and more of a resolution to the prior film's uh, air of abject misery. It was, it seems, understood that the experience of the former movie was, you know, sickening and upsetting to the point of its own detriment, and many people I've spoken to, both within and outside of the horror community or slasher fandom, they sort of herald Terrifier 1 as this uh, movie they're never going to watch again. And I'm inclined to understand that perspective. While Art the Clown is a commanding presence and David Howard Thornton never spends a wasted moment on screen, Terrifier 1 and its preceding short films sort of missed the mark on, you know, the most endearing and important aspect of its villain. Art is a killer clown. He's not a killer in a clown suit. So in light of this small failure, Terrifier 2 doubles down on the fun of Art's character. It plays with the setting and it ups the ante into being the most wickedly colorful on-screen massacre since Dream Warriors hit theaters in 1987. I myself have a very interesting relationship with the Terrifier franchise. It's not a secret to most people who know me that I'm really interested in killer clowns. I'm very interested in clown subculture. So I was really interested, actually, when I saw the first movie floating around on Netflix in 2018. And unfortunately, I fell into the camp of never want to touch this thing again, mm-hmm. at least at first. Uh, Tony here might actually remember my little rant to you, him the you, first time I ever watched you it. Came in, you came into our Discord server and you were like, this is the most fucking disgusting, atrocious thing I've ever seen in my life and I cannot believe that I watched it just because the clown looked cute. And now here we are. I, I had to take a fucking shower you were just, you, after. <laughs> it was itching you. It was under your fucking skin for a minute It there. really bothered me. Mm-hmm. It really bothered me. And you're not the first. The first. Which, Yeah, I mean, that's what they set out to do, so good for them. Sure. But with this in mind, I found myself, like, transfixed 
by David Howard Thornton's performance. I could not get over how good and how creepy he was and how magnetic his presence was on the screen. And I couldn't help wishing he just had a better narrative surrounding him to kind of push those acting skills a little further because he clearly had them. Mm. And that's what Terrifier 2 does. It gives him that narrative and it gives him a lot to do. But even beyond the tour de force that is Mr. Thornton, Terrifier 2 touched a lot of my sweet spots as a horror fan. Even if I wasn't familiar with the series, I think I would have enjoyed it just because of the amount of care that the cast and crew put into the movie. Like, visually, it's a marvel. It's so pretty. While we were watching it, I kept saying over and over, oh my god, it's so pretty. It looks like, it's very... like The Wolf Among Us, you know? It looks like Vertigo Entertainment's gaming, like, fucking stylized, stylization. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to find words here. Do you remember how The Wolf Among Us was with the cell shading and the lighting and the colors yes, and everything? Yes, it's like candy for yes, your eyes. This movie is that. It is just like it. Yeah, it's so vibrant. Everything just pops off the screen. Even the scenes that are dimly lit, you can see everything that's going on. And there's this really pretty like blue hue on the screen. And it's so different from the first one. Mm -hmm. The first one is very gloomy. I understand it was probably a budgetary thing. Their budget was a lot smaller in the first one. But oh my god, you, you can see that they had more money for this mm -hmm. one. And um, like I said, I've been following production of this movie since late 2020. And I've been listening to a lot of interviews with a lot of different cast and crew members. And I've actually gotten the privilege of chatting with some of them myself. Um, so I can tell you personally that this is a group of really kind, really hardworking people. And to see this thing they've been putting so much effort into finally coming into fruition, it's really rewarding. And this team should be really, really proud of themselves. They've been getting a lot of praise lately from uh, for this movie from people who've gone to festivals and people like us who have seen screeners. They really deserve it. They really, really deserve all the words of kindness and praise that are being thrown at them right now. Yeah, and I, and I don't think that that's saying anything controversial or new, honestly. It seems that the general consensus around this movie is that it's just objectively a really fucking good horror movie. Mm -hmm. um, but given, also, that this is the LGB terror cast, I feel that we would be doing you all a disservice if we neglected to mention what is, you know, perhaps one of the vastest improvements from the first film, at least in an ethical sense, this seemingly intentional step away from these shallow and misogynistic overtones that insofar seem to saturate the slasher genre as a whole since, like, the late 70s. Mm -hmm. So that is, of course, not to say that there isn't excessive violence against women in Terrifier 2, uh, but that there is, excessive, there is excessive violence sorry, against everybody. Lengthy scenes of torture and mutilation, sometimes genital, that extend equally between all represented genders. Uh, a level of self-awareness in this film is implicative. Director Damien Leone is no stranger to rightful criticism, much of which has, in fact, pertained to his work's treatment of women in the past, which Terrifier 2 may not wholly rectify, but it takes notable strides away from. All of the carnage in Terrifier 2 is brutal, always in excess, but it's hardly discriminatory or exploitative in nature as it was, you know, in the first. A huge part of this, of course, is the simple fact that Terrifier 2 lets its female and assumedly female characters be people before they are women or before they are effeminate. Tara and Dawn were played by brilliant and talented actresses, but they weren't given much to do outside of, you know, walking around the set and eventually being murdered. Their narrative purpose was meat, and neither one survived into the latter half of the film. They weren't meant to be treated or seen as equal, and they weren't elaborated on as humans, with human aspirations and interests by the narrative. 
For the most part, they weren't even allowed to fight back. Nobody in Terrifier 2, however, is just meat. Nobody you're meant to care about, you know. Sorry, my dog just snorted. Um, oh, I was wondering what that noise was. Yeah, that was a disgusting hog in the corner of my room. <laughs> uh, even our more morally corrupt and abrasive characters, Barbara and Brooke, come to mind. And when you watch this movie, you will fucking understand why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even they are multidimensional, complicated, and ultimately undeserving of quite so much hell as they're put through by art. Our feminine protagonist is allowed to be sexual without merely being reduced to a sex object. Everyone has feelings, everyone wants something, and in fact, everyone wants their lives, most of all. So everybody is worth paying attention to, making even the longest scenes absent of art's presence earn our attention as an audience. I'm certain that there are those who would disagree with me on all of this, and I do wish to make it clear that I am not ignoring the overtones of misogynistic violence that have been present in Leone's work, including, it points, Terrifier 2. I am just acknowledging that this movie takes steps in the right direction, humanizing its women, equalizing art's power against what I would call the divine feminine in a narrative sense, and leading to a film that is overall just far more bearable to watch, you know, at least for me. I am going to go briefly off script here. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. No, I'm saying ahead. something of substance. I got you. Um, I uh, In the script, I didn't really talk about my stances on the gore and the violence. And I fully acknowledge this is a really graphic slasher movie. They show they show you almost everything. They do not cut away very often. Um, oh, yeah. Damien doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> it's kind no, of, he doesn't. It's usually I, great. Yeah. Yeah, I respect him for that. He's a fantastic makeup artist. I do want to say... Um, it, it it didn't upset me though, like I thought that it would. The gore did not upset me. Mm-hmm. I there was like there's there's an understanding that you're still watching a movie. You know, I was never taken out of the movie. I didn't feel like I was watching fucking Hostel or something. Like it's artistically impressive, but in the framework of the actual scene itself, it's often so excessive and so off the wall that it almost becomes sort of goofy. It's like a mm-hmm. it's a spectacle, and you're 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 almost laughing along with art, which is something that I've seen a few reviews you know touch on before. This movie forces you to raise the question to yourself of why you are enjoying this so much, which is something that I, as a viewer, really, you know, I enjoy because I know my own moral standing. Obviously, none of this is okay. You're not like, fuck, yeah, Art, I I hope you murder more innocent people because that's the part that's funny to me. But the gore in of itself is such a spectacle that it ends up being funny regardless. Um, And so you don't, you might wince away, you know, you might cringe, uh, you might feel it, but it's not you're not going to cry. You know, I, it's not going to tear your soul up and make you stay awake for the next week, which I think is an important aspect of slashers that people don't touch on a lot. You don't want it to fucking destroy you all the time. Sometimes you want the movie for that. This is not that movie. No, it's not. And I couldn't have said that better myself. Something I'd also like to touch on that a lot of reviews have been discussing is Terrifier 2's impressive runtime of two hours and 18 minutes. You guys heard this right. This movie is two hours and 18 minutes. And it doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Not at all. I know there are some people who really felt the runtime, and I completely understand. We didn't. Yeah, no. We did not feel the runtime at all. I could have sat there for another couple hours. That would have been fine. Yeah, we were just totally, we were totally engaged. And given that the last movie was pretty much devoid of any plot outside of art stalking people around, and it barely hit the hour and a half mark, I understand why a lot of people were thrown off when they heard that the sequel was almost twice as long. 
you know, uh, at first glance, it's like, oh my god, like a two and a half hour Terrifier movie. Like, on paper, if you don't know anything about this and you're just going off the first one, I'm sorry, no disrespect to Damien Leone, but that sounds god-fucking-awful. No, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And I understand, you know, you're going, you go into it and you're scared of, like, the exhausting and the gratuitous violence. I, myself, was going, like, I remember we had a whole conversation after we watched the movie. We both kind of expected to come out of it drained, and we didn't. Um, And I think it really, you know, it's because there was a proper storyline. And I find that I'm grateful on a personal level that the movie was as long as it was, because I thought... That's what you need to do when you have a gore fest like this. There has to be other things going on, you know, which is something um, which is a trap. that The first one kind of fell into. There just wasn't enough of the story. And this completely rectified it because mm-hmm. it isn't just a slasher film. It's like a character. It's a character study. Oh, That's how so. I feel like. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say very much so. It's it's more, I feel, of a character-driven narrative than anything. It's more like a, it's like a really good story that has gore in it, you know? Mm-hmm. I've heard some people saying, like, the plot is a little light, and I completely understand. I don't want to dismiss those opinions. But in terms of being a character study and a character-driven movie, I would say that it succeeds in spades. And I feel like the time we spend with our protagonists is absolutely necessary in understanding them, because it makes the climax that, that much more rewarding, because we know these people so well. So we're invested in what happens to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I am i don't think cutting certain scenes would have hurt the film too badly. But I, I was always engaged in what was happening on screen. I always cared. I cared when I cared when Sienna and Jonathan were doing something. I cared when they were talking to each other. Of course, I cared when Art was doing his thing because 90% of us are watching this for him. And like... I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I really do feel like Damien Leone really succeeded in providing both the extreme violence that put the original movie on the map, while also fulfilling the request that there's a story surrounding the violence. I really do feel like he succeeded, and I know that mileage will vary uh, depending on who you are, but for me, it completely worked. Mm-hmm. Now, I think an important thing to to mention, in it, cause since we're talking about how this movie sort of doesn't take a step back from the gore, not at all. I would say that it delivers it, like you said, in, in f- further excess. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do feel that people might be afraid that this means that this devangs Art the Clown or, or somehow, you know, neuters his, his viciousness as a character for us to care about these people, you know, but it didn't. Um, it didn't devang Art. And nor did it, in my opinion, make him insufferable to watch. Yes, the violence is gratuitous, but like we said, it's gratuitous to the point of parody, uh, to the point where the sheer audacity of it all just sort of makes you laugh as you're watching it. Do you hear my dog? Um, I hear something. (laughs) That is certainly my dog. Uh, He is a killer with an evident, though loose, moral compass. And while it's left up to interpretation, there seems to be an explanation behind his tenacity, his relentless pursuit of the kill. Art the Clown himself in this movie is stronger, he's funnier, he's an even bigger uh, personality on screen than he was before, Um, but he's a thousand times more vicious, and he's a touch more sympathetic, oh my god, princess, and in many ways, terrifyingly human. That was a big snort, little girl. Oh yeah, I heard that one. (laughs) 
palatable, brutal, and not a completely different person. So how do we accomplish this? How do we delight in the deaths of these human beings who we have you know, been so endeared to in this narrative? And why are we then able to care about art too, you know, when we care about his victims? I'm inclined to believe that that's just the magic of David Howard Thornton for you. I'm going a little bit off script again, but I just want to say- I like could feel I the pause when you were thinking. <laughs> yes, I need that pause to think <laughs> sometimes. But like I said, I feel like this is important to the review. Like I said, I'm a really big fan of clown characters. They don't necessarily have to be evil. Uh, my favorite Simpsons character is Krusty. Um, <laughs> and some of my, uh, that would have been a great place to interject a Krusty groan, but I think that would feel maybe a little forced now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really love clown characters. And in terms of horror, I'm a really big fan of Captain Spaulding from the fan, fan, uh, <laughs> The Phantom of fan. the Opera with Captain Spaulding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Captain Spaulding from the Firefly family trilogy. He was sort of my gateway into the killer clown subgenre. I watched The Devil's Rejects way too he young. He was your fucking was gateway of, into something, all right. Yeah, shut up. We don't know who's <laughs> going to be listening to this. Um, we don't need to expose me like that. <laughs> but um, I love Captain Spaulding. I'm a big fan of Violeta from Spawn. Oh, I, we, we both We both really love him. And I'm going to make you smell my little feet. Oh, stop. Now, do, we <laughs> Continue don't know. with the review. <laughs> okay. Um, I, it's, that's hard to come back. Go. <laughs> okay. But um, I've always really liked art. Uh, and I think David Howard Thornton, I cannot praise his acting enough. Like this man, I honestly think if this movie doesn't get him some kind of like Saturn award or something, he is well on his way to getting one. I'll be pissed if it doesn't. Oh, if he doesn't get one, then Lauren De Lavera deserves one. But we'll we'll get into her in a little bit. I think they should both get um, a Saturn Award. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. That's not even a joke. I really do oh, feel like they deserve yeah, it. This 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 movie is is so phenomenal, specifically because of their performances and the performances. Oh, they of... carry. We're getting off track from what I'm saying. Well, Fuck. no, I think we we can tie into it actually. <laughs> yeah, sure. I feel like between I think the teamwork of David and Damien. They are finally figuring out who this character is and what makes him work and what what makes people like him. I finally feel like art is really coming into his own mm -hmm. as a character. And I, f I came away from this movie liking him about 10 times as much as I did before I watched it. Oh, yeah. If you didn't, and... if you didn't like art in Terrifier 1, if he was just too much for you, I would say that this movie... It's, it's not, again, that it defangs him at all. It's not that it takes away from him being too much. He's absolutely too much. Um, but he's too much now in an equally comedic and sort of goofy and, and sort of humanizing way. And that's part of the terror of him is that you start to see him as uh, a little closer to one of us, which reminds us what any of us could become, granted with or without the clown suit. Yeah. And I am so happy that Damien Leone seems to be leaning into that direction with him. Uh, because he's mentioned in previous interviews, um, he he really wants people to be afraid of this guy, and he really does want to write him as like an evil character. If I remember correctly, he's mentioned that he doesn't want people sympathizing with art too much, mm -hmm. and I get it. He's he's an awful fucking person, even for slasher standards. But I feel like he's I feel like he's finally like found the line to walk for this character. Um, and I feel like in order to create a truly successful and iconic slasher film, that's you have to care for the killer and some of the victims. You have to. 
And, you know, that's why the victims need to feel like real people, even if you don't necessarily like some of them. And that's especially important for a character like Art. You, I think with him, because he's so vicious, you need to give him prey that you're kind of rooting for him to get rid of. And I think a great way to do that is by having these people pose threats to the protagonists in some way or otherwise make their lives more difficult, mm. which this movie does a really good job of handling. Because that way the audience kind of finds some catharsis in these deaths, which in turn endears us to Art. If Sienna and her brother Jonathan represent our humanity, then Art acts as kind of this avenging force, this part of our subconscious minds that we would never act upon. And like you said, we take kind of a sick delight in seeing that realized. But like I said, uh, Damien Leone is very careful not to glorify this character too much, which, again, was a mistake that the first movie made. Like, Art is a delight to watch. He is wonderful, and you always love when he's on the screen. But you don't prioritize his rampage over the safety of the two main characters, which Leone seems to understand. Because by the time... Without giving any spoilers, by the time that Art does start terrorizing Sienna and Jonathan, we don't really enjoy that, you know? Mm -hmm. And even so, even when he's just being fucking awful, he's just doing horrible <laughs> things, and you can't even laugh at what he's doing anymore, you still like watching him, because David Howard Thornton is that good. Oh yeah, at his, at his lowest in Terrifier 2, it's still such a, such a compelling performance on, on David's part. Mm -hmm. See, again, in all seriousness, it's it's just, it's not that anything about art's changed. It's so much as it is that the traits we already found endearing about his character are emphatically sent to the front line. Uh, we're also introduced to, at the risk of a very minor spoiler here, a myriad of new traits that sort of soften us to art as people, surprisingly paternal behavior towards children included. He's silly, he's vile, and he's arrogant and masturbatory in that he delights in his own atrocities. And there's never a moment still where I find myself booing him off stage. Even at his most abhorrent, like you said, I, I cheered for his celebration of Carnage and I winced from him all the same. One of my wishes going into this movie was that we would kind of get to see who Art is outside of his murders because a lot of my favorite horror movies, most of them we get kind of hints of who these slashers or these killers or these villains are when they're not killing people. Mm -hmm. And that's what this movie gives us. Art seems to like kids. He seems to have a soft spot for kids. But I still wouldn't go so far as to say that their safety is always guaranteed around him. Like, oh, his interactions with them... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, John, you poor thing. Oh, we don't want to say too much, no, but, yeah, but yeah. You always feel you always feel a little bit nervous when Art is around kids, you know? Not because he's necessarily targeting them because they're children, but, but because, because you art. can't really... It's Art. You yeah. can't really guarantee your safety around Art, no matter who, who you are. And... Um, that's just who he is. He just does things because he thinks they're funny. He does things to amuse himself. But what this movie does with that character trait that I found very interesting, he doesn't always do these things with the intention of scaring people. He, he's like a live action cartoon, mm. but he's like that in his own company. That is just who he is. It's not an act. It's not a persona, which is something the first movie leaves kind of ambiguous. No, the sequel confirms that. That's just who he is. Yeah, this is like a guy who needs to, like, wash his clothes and wash his hands and go eat things. And, and so you start to see that side of him, and it makes you kind of love him, you know? Yeah, he feels very authentic. And he, like you said, he puts the clown in Killer Clown. Uh, David has talked at length about how other horror icons have served as an inspiration to him. He's talked a lot about Freddy Krueger in particular. 
another favorite character of ours, as regular listeners God, probably know. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, uh, we finally get the sense that Art is coming into his own. He doesn't feel like a ripoff of other slasher characters to me. I can see the influence for sure. But part of the movie's appeal was that I'm like, I finally feel, I finally feel like I understand who this guy is. Or at least I'm starting to understand who this character is. And that makes me really excited. I, I really want to see more of him. I really hope they go for Terrifier 3. I, I really don't want this to be the end. Oh, yeah, no, I, I need more. Um, I need more especially because of fucking Sienna. I'm gonna, oh, Sienna. I'm going to hop back on our script because it's getting long enough already. But Sienna, okay. my, my love, my darling, um, she is one of the most three-dimensional horror protagonists I've ever seen in my life. Certainly one of the best in 2022. Um, prior reviews of this film told no lies. She's played by Lauren Levera, and Sienna is every bit arts equal as she is her own person. I think to treat her as a mere victim would be to do her character an extreme disservice. Sienna does not exist to die. She exists to equalize, to level the playing field in a way that is very much necessary. She exists to be art's angel, the ultimate foil to his wicked temptations. Now, if I can come away with one statement about Sienna, it's that she's special because she chooses to be good. Life kind of chews on her, slaps her in the fucking face, sets her on fire, throws her on the floor, kicks her while she's down, all that. But, you know, she still keeps going. These people that she is supposed to trust, they betray her. The people who are supposed to love her and keep her safe still do not know how to treat her. And through all of this, Sienna Shaw remains kind. Her parallels with art are exactly what sets her apart from him, too. They are two sides of the same coin. Sienna Shaw, you see, she refuses to be a monster. She'll crawl inside the monster, wear its face, brandish its blade, but she will not become it. She will only ever be herself, unapologetically, irreplaceably herself. So as big a personality as her personal devils, I'd say, stubborn as an ass and always getting up. A revenant like her mirror. Sienna Shaw will claw her way out of her fucking grave before she lets herself lose because she won't fucking lose to slime like him. Art doesn't deserve the victory. So Sienna is the sort of person who will fucking scream and spit and bare her teeth in his face. She'll bring her fist to a gunfight and win, you know? She does it, too, for love, not for resentment, not for even revenge. She does this because she loves the people in her life and she wants to keep them safe. She does it for her family. So for all of this... Sienna commands your attention. You want her to win. And in terms of especially a terrifier protagonist, this makes her someone very special indeed. And not to disavow her deft hands and her viciousness, but she's a whole lot more than just a Valkyrie. Sienna is a bright young person. She's emotionally intelligent. She's a mediator, often far more fair than the people around her deserve. And even Art the Clown at some point is treated to her infinite patience, making it all the more significant when he finally gets her to snap. I think the contrast between how timid she is and how ferocious she is, you know, when she's got to rise to the occasion, that is what makes her stand up to me. And the Terrifier 2 team, they've been hyping her up for a long time. They've been hyping her up pretty much since the script was written in 2019. Mm -hmm. So it's been about three years. So there are some very high expectations for her character to meet. And I feel like even outside of anything that the team has said, Art is a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> no one has won against art at this point. So I think when we see this final girl character, we know that we know she has to be special to in order to survive him. 
Especially, you know, with her face intact. And she you know, exceeds, sorry, Victoria. She exceeds these expectations, man. She, oh yeah. She not only kicks his ass, she fucking hands it to him and makes him kiss it goodbye. It's fucked. It's great. Yeah, and we don't want to say too much. We don't want to spoil the movie. No, but that is but that is I true, think though. we all know that they beat each other's asses and I think Oh it's, yeah, of course I mean watch the trailers, uh, you know. It's exactly that, what it looks like and it's fucking phenomenal. Yes. That was that marketing the movie by pitting these two against each other was a very smart move because it pays off. Mm-hmm. You see, way, whatever you're expecting in terms of the violence between them, you're going to get that and you're going to get more. And in terms of Sienna's inner strength, uh, I don't, again, I don't want to elaborate on it too much due to spoilers, but they are related to surviving a tragedy. So we kind of get the impression that she's a strong person right at the beginning. But she she doesn't, like you said, she doesn't always have to be throwing her fists around in order to be seen as a strong character. And I really liked that. I don't I, I don't know if people went into this movie with expectations. She's immediately, like, kicking ass. No, she's not. No. She has to grow into that. She's just a person. And that's part of why I like her character. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just said she's just a person. You're good. Yeah, she's just a person. And David Howard Thornton, he's described Terrifier 2 before as Sienna's kind of origin story. And after watching the movie, I 100% agree with that. Because, like you said, she's introduced as a human being. And we go on this journey with her. Her vulnerability and her flaws are what help endear us to her. And if she'd been introduced guns blazing, I don't think I would have gotten as attached to her as I did. And she doesn't lose her realism. You know, the finale is bonkers without really getting into detail on why... But she she still feels real, even with all the kind of fantastical stuff that happens. Like, she she's not doing crazy martial arts. She's not spinning one-liners. I like those characters, but she's not Ash Williams no. 2.0. She's Sienna. And that makes the movie that much better, in Granted, my opinion. she carries an equal amount of DILF energy as Ash Williams, but we won't oh, get yeah. into that. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the risk of getting slightly poetic, um, for all of this, Sienna strikes a balance between the divine feminine and the stereotypically masculine persona. Princess, God, why do you have to snort? She is as ferocious as her aggressor, and in much the same way. At the risk of sounding like I'm reading too much into things, she even avoids certain identifiers and self-reference, at least, even though she doesn't uh, necessarily correct anybody else. Uh, she expresses a sort of what I read as a visible discomfort at the reduction of her identity to girl. And additionally, not contradictorily, she is proud to grow into the role of heroine from her father's fictions. In this way, her character seems almost intentionally vague, as easily read as masculine as feminine but only accurately really, I think, read as both. The narrative purpose above, uh, you know, above all of Sienna is, is balance and multitudes, so I suppose that it makes sense. There's plenty to be said about Sienna's visible queerness in regards to her sexuality, but it would require me, uh, require me to elaborate on specific scenes. Can you tell I'm two joints in? Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything for those of us who haven't yet seen the film at the time of listening to this review, so all I'll say is, She has a lot of sensuality about her as a character, and her sexual energy is distributed to others without considering gender as a factor. In fact, I would say that this includes extending her sexuality to art, if we're to take Black Lipstick's presence on the soundtrack with any more than a grain of salt. That was half of a joke. Uh, But because she is his equal, Sienna and art's dynamic reads as something very, very different from art and his former prospects. Tara was targeted because he saw her as easy prey. And Sienna was targeted because she is a threat to him. 
She holds intrinsic authority on what tumultuous relationship they do have, forcing Art to respect her. And while I can't allot the details of his submission, I can certainly say that he submits. It's hard for us to talk about the intricacies of the Sienna and Art relationship without giving away major spoilers. We might revisit them later. We might do a Terrifier series in the future, especially after more people have seen the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'd really like to. I care a lot about these movies, especially this one. I've read a lot of reviews uh, comparing Art and Sienna to Nancy Thompson and Freddy Krueger, as well as Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. And while I wouldn't say these parallels are necessarily unfounded, I would kind of go beyond calling him, her, sorry, calling her his No, I mean, you were half right. <laughs> yeah, she's his nemesis. Yeah. I, she is as equally powerful a force of good as he is a force of evil. She's the Batman to his Joker. And this is every bit her movie as it is his. And I feel like, I feel like the marketing is sort of leaning into that. And I feel like, I feel like that's what people need to understand going into this. This is not just an Art the Clown movie. This is a Sienna Shaw movie. This is the first Sienna Shaw movie. Embrace her fucking character or I'll personally kick your ass. Yes. You got, like, if, if she isn't popular in the horror community and, like, over, like, the next couple months, I will be very shocked and very disappointed. And if Terrifier 2 doesn't turn her into an immediate icon, which, again, would surprise me. I feel like if if and when we get Terrifier 3, she will be an icon by then. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to give a shout out to Lauren Lavera for her performance. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, and I'd also like to give some due diligence as well to Elliot Fulham, who plays her brother Jonathan. David and Lauren are getting a lot of well-deserved praise for their performances, and they should. They are amazing. They are so good. But Elliot is just as good. It is he the carries way, the film. It is the way that he plays his character and the chemistry that he has with the sibling relationship that he betrays with Lauren on screen, I feel that truly drives this narrative. Um, if it weren't for Elliot, you know, in, in, in full praise of Elliot here, if it were not for him and if it were not for Jonathan's significance to his sibling, this movie would be a very different movie. It wouldn't have the heart that it does. No, you really need to care about him. And Elliot really makes you care about Jonathan. And these actors, all three of them, they are so good. The way they deliver their lines, at least the, how two out of three of them deliver their lines. Their, their line delivery is good. Their body language is good. Their expressions are good. You always know what these characters are feeling, even just by looking into their eyes. You know, the fear, their fear, their pain, their anger, their anxiety. They're all really good at getting, getting that across, even without saying a word. And I'd also like to put the spotlight on the crew of Terrifier too. Mm-hmm. Paul Wiley's synthetic score—it's it's very good. Fuck that fucking score! The the soundtrack to this movie slaps so fucking hard. Oh, it's so good. And the costumes, and the scenery, the, the fucking settings, the room, the room, Olga. Olga, Olga. our friend <laughs> Olga, who we will be linking this podcast to. Shout out to her. I just want to draw attention really quick, something that I've said to Olga in private. Sienna's room is so nice. I want that to be my bedroom. Dude, I fucking, uh, my bedroom actually looks a lot like that, funny enough. So I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Sienna Shaw is literally just like me as a college age girl thing. It's it's so funny. We were joking about it while we were watching the movie. I've known Tony for like five years and he is a lot like Sienna. And I think that's like part of the reason I like this movie. 
Uh, and part of the reason why the first one was kind of hard for me to watch, I, I see people in these movies that feel like people I could know in real life, and that makes me care. Mm -hmm. I Everyone worked really hard on this, you know? Every single person on that team just busted their ass. And if any of them are listening, I really want to thank you guys, because... This is my most anticipated movie of the last two years. I know off. this movie. It paid off so hard. It's so Oh, great. yeah. And it really helped. Um, it really helped reignite my passion and my interest for horror and independent horror. It, it, this movie makes me want to do my own horror films one day. Yeah. It really inspired me. And I just wanted to thank everyone on the team because this is so memorable. It's so funny and it's creepy and it's cool. And, and it's sexy. It, it really... It's, it's sexy. very oh, sexy. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Oh my God. Yes, it is. Very it helps. Sexy. Yes, it helps. It. There's a lot. A lot of the people on the screen are very easy on the eyes. And if this review Hello, doesn't. Everyone. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. If this review doesn't tell you how much we loved this movie, why don't you talk to our friends and family? Oh. We've been driving fucking crazy the last however long since we've seen it that we. <laughs> Shout out to Alyssa Cash, Rumi, Ezekiel, Fifi, and Dom for all of the bullshit yes. that we've put you through. Shout out to my sister as well. We have not spoiled the film for anybody, but we keep telling them over and over, it's really good. It's really good. You guys are really going to like it when you get to watch it. It's really good. And they're like, we know. You can stop telling us that it's going to be good. We're sure it's going to be good. Shut the fuck up. And it's like, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just very excited for you to see this. Which we will once it's ethically uh, shareable. So, <laughs> so yes. Um, is there anything else that we wanted to say, like final thoughts or commentary on this movie? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I should. Uh, if I should add my commentary, the, my remaining commentary on this movie. If I go too far off script, I'm going to start getting real gay. Oh yeah. As uh, as a couple queer people, all I'm gonna say is we we both got a, a good kick out of it. If this you're one gay and you and you like gore, you'll fucking love this movie. Okay, let me just say you will like this movie if you are a gay man. You will like this movie if you are a lesbian. You will like this movie if you are bisexual. You will really I... like this movie if you're bisexual. Oh yeah, um, I I was having a time while I was watching. I was questioning this. some things, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I'm a big I'm a big fan. Um, and I just I just can't recommend it enough. I fucking great job, team. Good work, boys. Everybody huddle. Like it's it's fucking great. Let's all slap each other's asses in the locker room. Yeah, my last question for you, Tony, before we get into kind of um, boosting the movie a little bit. Uh, would you say this is your number one movie of the year yes. so far? Uh, okay. Nope is right there next to it. Yes, mm -hmm. um, I would have to. I would have to agree. They're very different, of... but they're on the same level for me. Yes, they both deserve all the praise mm -hmm. that they're getting. I, th I think that I think that that's fair to say that the, those are the best horror movies. And I'm somebody uh, who that... doesn't watch movies, so that's high praise. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, it's funny that we'd, we're doing a film podcast. <laughs> And, for uh, movies that you force me to watch that I end up liking. <laughs> yes, that's my that is my job. I force him to watch that's things. That's the business and, model. Yeah, and then he thanks me later because he loves them. The business model for the job that we don't get paid for. Yes, for now. For now. But yeah, I do, I I'm, think, I'm signing off if you're good. I mean, do you got anything else to add? I think that uh, we should probably... I would really like to encourage our American listeners to actually go see Terrifier yeah. 2. It's coming out uh, 
at the time that this review will be released. It's coming out tomorrow it's, on October 6th. Yes, I'm and, going to be publishing this first thing on October 5th, and tomorrow on October 6th, if you do not have a ticket for Terrifier 2, you really ought to buy one before they're all sold out. I really think you guys should go support this movie. If this sounds like something you like, please go support it. You know, I would really, I would really love a third one if we can, if we can convince them to make a third one. This is a great way to do it. If, if you but guys he, are listening, please make a third movie. Please, please, we have so many questions that we need answered. I need to know. I need to know what happens next. I would like to play Art the Clown's love interest. <clears throat> he already has one. We won't, we won't say who it is though. Um. Yeah, I think that we, we're probably going to provide the link to the tickets in our video slash audio description because I would love to just do our part to help these guys out if we can and to just encourage, you know, encourage people to get their butts in seats if they want. But if the theater is not an option for you guys, for whatever reason, and I understand, Terrifier 2 will be streaming on Screenbox probably sometime in November. We don't know when or yet. Or very late October. Or very late October, for all we know. Mm -hmm. So when we hear more about it, we will definitely promote it. And, I mean, I live in Canada, so I don't know when I'm going to be able to watch it again. So... What, what the, the fuck was, was that? that? Okay, well, anyway, that was our Terrifier Yeah, Art's in my house. <laughs> we, Art's in my house. Shit's going to fucking die. Signing off.